Hello and welcome to the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pensionsprachschule.de. Good morning. We've come indoors today. After several weeks of rain, we planned a morning indoors, and so the sun is shining, the birds are singing, <laughs> and we're stuck at the kitchen table. <laughs> you might hear the birds in the background through the open door. We, um, we've picked a topic today that came up on the news this morning. The BBC website had a news item, Primary School Languages are Must. The report is that the schools in England have now possibly to start teaching a foreign language from primary school age. That's a good which, idea. Which hasn't been up till now, it's been voluntary up till now. And what came in a few years ago, 2004, is that learning languages at secondary school age, which used to be up till 16 to GCSEs, has now been made optional after 14. And there's been a sharp fall in pupils studying languages mm. then for GCSE. And this has been looked into, and the result was, well, we should start teaching it at primary school so that the children want to carry on of their own free will to GCSE stage. And we thought we'd talk about the differences between English and German language learning. Mm-hmm. And the first question is, what, what's it like in Germany? What start of age they start learning foreign languages here? Well, the age where they start learning a foreign language is as of the third grade. That's in the state of Hesse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they do have a different program for the first grade where the kids just come in touch with a foreign language. So they're, see, they're maybe hearing a foreign language without actually right, going into it. Maybe by listening to songs or just talking about different cultures and languages. But uh, and it, of course it's adjusted to the first grade level. But the real lessons begin as of the third grade. As of the third. Mm-hmm. Year th- third grade for the for the British listeners, year three. Mm-hmm. Then. Right. Um, and um, I know this isn't only here in Hessen, this is other, lang- other states as well, have a very similar program. Mm-hmm. They start maybe the first or second year, uh, they're singing songs in English, they're maybe listening to something which has this foreign language in it, um, generally English, and then from the third year onwards they start learning about the country, they start learning about the language. Mm-hmm. And um, so they do start very early, and by the time they're going into secondary school, which is year six, um, they've actually got a fairly good basis of, of, of the vocabulary to be able to do proper language learning in mm-hmm. secondary school. Whereas um, in England at the moment, if you don't learn anything at primary school or foreign language, you're going to be going into secondary school and learning, certainly in my, in my part of the country, French mm-hmm. as the first foreign language. And uh, the first year is very much the first vocabulary, the first <laughs> grammar, mm-hmm. and you're starting from scratch at that point. Oh, yeah. And tell me, which uh, language is more popular, French or German, then, or uh, in England? In England, um, French will probably always be the most popular, I think, because we're oh. so close. It's so easy to go to France for the day. It's so easy to go on holiday no, to France. True, yeah. um, so certainly somewhere like Kent for a very long time, had French as their first foreign language, mm-hmm. and a secondary school, secondary modern school, as they used to be called, um, would teach maybe French, and that was it. Oh. And you'd have to be going to a grammar school, mm-hmm. so a gymnasium, to do other languages. So in my case, I had my first year at grammar school, French and Latin, oh, yeah. and from the second year, German. Mm-hmm. And these days, I've heard of schools starting to teach Spanish as oh. well, um, I think one of the thing, thoughts is um, certainly in c- schools in the middle of the country who haven't got this, this relationship to, to a close-by country, 
it doesn't matter what they teach as their first language, as long as they're teaching a foreign language and getting the children interested so that maybe they'll carry on and learn this. And an awful lot do do Spanish, and I suspect this is all to, to do with this holiday business that, okay. It's probably true, yeah. um, Whereas with French, for us, it was easy. A day trip to, French, mm-hmm. a day trip to France could be organised by the school, and a lot of people maybe go to the south of France on holiday because they'll drive there. Oh, yeah. uh, if you're living in the north of the country, you're mm-hmm. going to go on a plane somewhere on holiday mm-hmm. maybe and I think the th- feeling is if if the parents decide we're going to s- fly to Spain mm-hmm. uh, one of the Spanish islands then okay then the children if they're learning Spain that's going to be their good chance to practice so yeah. they adjust the curriculum accordingly that's just a theory that I've got but uh, mm-hmm. um, German is a, is a language like I say that generally tends to be something for grammar schools mm-hmm. it tends to be the second foreign language Oh, yeah, okay. I was, very I was rarely that that's the first one. Yeah. I was just going to ask you if German has a bad reputation for its grammar. Do people sigh when they think, like, oh, gosh, I have to take German as of next year? It's, it's interesting because they, um, certainly when you start learning German and you compare it to French, with French you learn your verb tables. Mm-hmm. They're fairly straightforward. You st- for French you first come into contact with things being masculine and feminine, which English doesn't have. Yeah. Uh, so you've got just getting used to this, and then German comes along. <laughs> yeah, Daddy does. <laughs> Daddy das, and, not, and, and of course plural on top of that, but not just Daddy das. You've also then got the accusative dative genitive. Right. <laughs> so for every step of the way in German in your first couple of years, you're learning tables of four by four mm-hmm. uh, of Daddy das die, mm-hmm. uh, den die das die, yeah, yeah? Um, dem der dem den, yeah, and this der this der. Very good. Okay. Oh, you've got to memorize. <laughs> so you're learning this, so you've got that, and you get, get to the next stage, okay, and you go into the next one. Ein, eine, eine. I, oh, yeah. yeah, and then the pronouns. Okay, that, and, yeah. and you're learning this, each time you have to learn this four by four table. Mm. Um, you have the verbs, The ver- learning the verbs is very similar to French, mm-hmm. the con- conjugations of the uh, similar yeah. base. Right. Um, but yes, it's this daddy, that's which really upsets a lot because there's so many different endings there's so many ways that um of, of finishing a, a word a noun in german compared to french mm-hmm. so in french you tend to basically just learn off by heart if it's got this letter at the end it's feminine if it's got this letter at the end it's masculine mm-hmm. and that's not the same in german you've got some rules like the the ung on the end makes it mm-hmm. feminine that's right um but then you have the, a lot of words there's no way of seeing it mm-hmm. um there's a lot of exceptions, which I then started learning at first at, um, at university, even was, was you started learning rivers are. Oh yeah, that's rivers, right. Rivers are one. I let's stick with rivers. Rhine is masculine. Yeah, rivers are feminine unless they're a German historical river like the Rhine, and then mm-hmm. it's masculine. So you get yeah. so many exceptions, mm-hmm. and and it's just and because of the way things are marked. So we used to have vocabulary tests. And you had a half a point for the word and half mm. a point for the for the article. Article. Yeah. So it was very easy to get the articles wrong and, and lose almost half your points mm. in the vocab test. And certainly when I got to university, they were saying that the the change between O level and GCSE, which was a change in what was generally called uh, Mittelreife, uh-huh. they changed the testing method. Um, and this pushed through to A level, so that when I went to university, they were saying that the level of grammar coming out of the schools was worse with the new teaching methods than it was before because mm. so much weight was now being put on speaking and being able to speak fluently and write fluently and making yourself understood and less was put on actually getting this grammar right mm-hmm. that they actually started doing grammar courses when I was at university. Mm. So I had a year of that and I know the year after me they doubled the hours and things as, mm. to, to catch up and this is when I started learning things like the rivers and 
Yeah. My, my favourite word, yogurt, which is der diodas. For yogurt? Yogurt. I did not know. Yogurt can take all three. Yogurt can be is masculine in Germany. Mm-hmm. It's um, feminine in Switzerland. Okay. And it's um, uh, neither nor in Austria. Das Austria. Das is, yogurt okay. is Austrian. Okay. The yogurt is Swiss. Mm-hmm. And the yogurt is German. Yeah. Okay. And so a lot of the time, so yes, Germany. German was like this is more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I got to the 11, I had to select. I couldn't do French and German mm-hmm. with my combination. And French was a case of, okay, we're now going to go into literature. We're going to go and do more, lots of vocabulary, build up the vocabulary, but actually the grammar's finished. And German was a case of, well, we're going to do literature as well. Mm-hmm. But we're going to, we haven't finished the grammar yet, so we haven't got into um, uh, p- passive tense and stuff like this. So we were... I, I, I took German because I was able to continue learning something, not just vocab. I thought, okay, vocab I can learn by myself, which mm-hmm. at the end of the day I probably didn't, but uh, <laughs> I didn't have time. And that's why I ended up doing German. Um, what then comes up is Spanish, mm-hmm. which I find vocabulary-wise is probably quite easy because it's very easy. To s- a lot of things are similar to English. Mm-hmm. A lot of the vocabulary in Spanish is similar to English, but the grammar is worse than German. That surprises the, the grammar is worse than German. They have a thing called uh, indicative and substantive, mm-hmm. which basically means the sentence changes its... Uh, if you imagine all your verb tables, mm-hmm. where you've got the two sets of verb tables, and the one is for a normal sentence, mm-hmm. and the, one, the other one is for special cases. And it's like, for example, when, it's, uh, when the sentence is suggesting a question at the end of things, mm-hmm. sort of rhetorical question type stuff, or expressing an opinion and all these sort of things. I mean, I haven't got the complete list in my head. You learn these tables, and mm-hmm. when you've been doing Spanish for about three or four years, mm-hmm. you suddenly get confronted with this in the books. And you suddenly realise that everything you've learned, you've now got to learn again from scratch. With a, uh, so I was doing quite well with Spanish. I did my uh, one, the first couple of years very intensive Spanish course to go to South America. Mm-hmm. I was quite happy that I was able to talk to people there and uh, got to this stage when all of a sudden it's like, you've got to learn it all again. You've got to learn all these, all these verbs. They've all got a complete new set of en- endings for all the different tenses. Mm. Have yeah. you ever considered taking a proficiency test? In... In Spanish? No. No, I'm happy with my Spanish. I don't need it Okay, you don't for need anything. that paper. <laughs> I don't need it to do anything. I don't need it to, to work. So mm-hmm. I'm happy with what I've got. Oh, okay. So returning to this original idea of primary schools, you think it's a good thing that they do this in England, much like they do in Germany? Of course. I mean, I mean they should do that in every country of the world. Th- there are some countries which really do. They, they, they start so early with, with modern languages, mm-hmm. foreign languages, by way of necessity and I think okay, I think the Netherlands because they, no, nobody else speaks Dutch apart from maybe the South Africans who come very close with Afrikaans mm-hmm. um, so they sort of need a foreign language mm-hmm. um, being such a small country such a small language and bordering so many other foreign countries Mm. Yeah. Dutch, they border onto Germany and they border onto Belgium. On Belgium, and, and the, well then England across, I mean, Great okay, Britain across the channel, I mean, uh, they're, okay. they're all in proximity, I mean, but like a North, drive. North, Northern Belgium uh, speaks Flanders, which is effectively Flemish, Dutch. Yeah. Well, we call it Flemish. Flemish, yeah. which effectively is like Dutch, so yeah. not so much of a case there. Well, of course, there's a special case in Switzerland, mm-hmm. with four languages. That's right. So they're learning very early, um, and England has been for a long time England as an island and said we don't need it so we, they go abroad the British go abroad and 
Yeah, they'll speak like loud and slowly. Like, it's, it's not quite as bad as the American <laughs> attitude because I think the, the British are at least aware that there are these foreign languages. And okay, very, you are aware of us. <laughs> and um, so they maybe know a few words from school or something mm-hmm. and um, will try that. Or like I say, it's just we'll, we'll talk louder and slower mm-hmm. and uh, hope that we make ourselves understood. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I have to feel that the the um, the British are at least more patient in this respect than the Americans when they come over. That's probably true, yeah. But yes, so this this in England is certainly a good step forward to say, let's introduce this into primary schools. There's, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of worries now about um, how they're going to fund this, and of course, have you got the teachers that can do this? I mean, you need a, that's true too, a yeah. primary school teacher that can do foreign languages is not that's, that's something every school yeah. has. Mm-hmm. So they've got to work on that. They've got to fund it. Uh, they're talking about an extra £50 million pounds here. Wow. Uh, but the other side, I'm wondering if the, why not re-increase the age back up to 16 to say, okay, if everybody's got to be in school till 16, mm-hmm. why haven't we left the languages compulsory up to this stage and have it at both ends? So effectively, you're learning, should start French in your in year three, you're learning about eight years worth of foreign languages. Mm-hmm. However much of that sticks, however much interest you've really got, you've at least got this basis for, for future life of this what there is in the language right at least you, the kids get the opportunity because i find nowadays i mean in the old days let's say when i grew up it was enough just to get <coughs> a vocational training or mm-hmm. you know study whatever i mean chemistry at the university but nowadays you need to back it up with a foreign language if you want to be you need to competitive in the job market i mean you know you, you can't just be, have one job anymore you, you need to need to Languages, yeah. Definitely. Um, certainly here, it, I think it depends where you are. There's, there are areas of, areas of Germany where you can get away with not speaking a foreign language ever. Yeah, I guess that would be in the boonies, I mean. In the, the where? Bo- in the boonies. That means like in the very countryside. In the very countryside. I can think of some nice areas of the very countryside. <laughs> um, if you travel out... Um, you only need to speak the dialect. <laughs> you need to, you, if you travel out westwards behind Mainz into, into Hunsruck, Mosel and stuff, uh-huh. you, know, you, you can work there in the main wine producer mm-hmm. for years and you would never need a foreign language. Wow, in fact, the, close, the closest place you're going to go to is Luxembourg. And, and again, Luxembourg is sort of a mixture of French-German, so mm-hmm. you get away with it. Likewise, south of Germany, Bavaria, mm-hmm. you would never need any other language. If you're not into, into international companies, because or into tourists, uh, if you're living on, in the countryside, because if you're going to go somewhere, you go on your holiday to Austria, to Switzerland, you're still not going to need another language. Um, it's, it's here, it's somewhere like Frankfurt, that has an awful lot of multinational companies, an awful lot of, well, foreigners or people with foreign languages as maybe their first language living here, mm-hmm. so that we have this really good mixture. Yeah, but I think we still have that trend where young people want to leave their little hometown and they want to move to the big city. Oh yeah, if you're, if you're living so, in the countryside, you want to go and study somewhere, yeah. it's much better you've got these languages. Yeah. So, um, you, you'd really have to study something, I don't know, almost archaic to not need the foreign languages and right. um, I can't think of anything unless you want to literally study even if you say I'm gonna, okay I'm going to study German mm-hmm. or Germanistic you're going to need Latin that's true so you're not going to get away with this most of the time for studying it's, it's this working if you say at least go and say I'm happy with my German mm-hmm. I'm going to go and work on the land somewhere mm-hmm. in the countryside you may not need this foreign language 
I mean, I see from this viewpoint, if you want to make something of yourself, or if you want to, you know, be globally active, you... Oh, yeah. yeah you're going to need it. You're going to need it for, glo- for globally active anyway. I mean, the, the moment you hit the internet, you, or, mm. or, or any form of multinational company uh, will generally need, mm-hmm. usually English. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of some that do need Spanish a lot, mm-hmm. because they just have such a large South American presence. And Chinese, maybe? More and more Chinese. Chinese is an interesting case. Chinese, you hear more and more of, uh, business associates with China, mm-hmm. uh, particularly Germany and China. This started in, in uh, Gerhard Schroeder's time. Oh, yeah. He was going to China, and Angela Merkel has, has kept this up, that they, they're trying to keep these business connections going. But apart from large companies like uh, Siemens, for example, who you read about, I don't know that smaller companies are actually having much contact in that direction. Hmm. Um, I think you need a certain size to be able to do business in that direction. And anybody else who is doing delivering parts or something for projects they're not going to need the language it's very unusual and mm. I can't see too much of a market for learning this Chinese at the moment I know with a, lo- a lot of people like learning Japanese because they then say they can go and do a study in Japan yeah you can study what is it called Japanology Japanology okay yeah, that's, I think that's what it's called but, but also in Frankfurt the first Chinese school opened up what was it last year January Mulan school mm-hmm. and uh, so there seems to be a demand for it I mean regards regarding the future for, for adults to learn now for adults and for kids and for, for children who have a Chinese parent mm. and uh, yeah, okay yeah but that's yes, but the Chinese parent I'd accept they want to learn mm-hmm. both languages just like my daughter learns English and German mm-hmm. at the same time um, but I, I don't know if as a business person I'd need a reason I'd need a reason to learn Chinese mm-hmm. for a project and I wouldn't learn it yet now just on the off chance that I'm going to try yeah, and do business in that direction I might learn it to do a podcast in Chinese oh, so. yeah. interesting thought but mm-hmm. uh, I've got enough other languages first Okay, so I want to finish off with one more thought, and that's what we call in English uh, adult education, which is here, Fawha is. And it's pretty common here, isn't it? Yes, it is. Each community has a Fawha is. Okay, and, and they teach all sorts of things. They teach languages, they teach cooking, IT. Uh, just almost anything. Almost I mean, anything. Yeah, they have like a 90-page catalogue. I mean, our community does. Yeah. Yeah, but Homburg uh, has a very thick catalogue. Mm-hmm. A lot of things, like I said, they have, they've got cooking in the basement, they've got their own cooking yeah, studio. weekend seminars on yeah. special topics and Mu- regular courses. And music, quite a bit as well. Yeah. Um, and the, really the question has to be, how good are their courses? Well, I have been taking the Italian course at the Volkshochschule and I'm quite happy with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did, I have to admit, I started my Spanish there. Mm-hmm. I did uh, a thing called Bildungsurlaub which is where you have a week off from work on full pay mm-hmm. oh, that's, <laughs> and that's nice. go and learn a foreign language. Well, you can't just learn the language, you have to learn the language and the culture. Bildungsurlaub okay. says, I want to go and learn something for mm-hmm. a week and you have an entitlement here, depending on where you work and how, how long you've been there, for five days a year. So I did this, I went and learned Spanish mm-hmm. um, for a week as an intensive course, you have 40 hours of Spanish in this mm-hmm. week. And uh, that was how I started because I needed the Spanish, and that was the point that gave me the chance to jump into FLS at course number two, not mm-hmm. number one. Oh, yeah. Because I'd already done number one in a week. Um, and I did it for Italian as well. I did uh, Bildungsurlaub Italian one and later in the year two. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which was basically more for fun, so I haven't used it since. I haven't needed Italian, whereas I need my Spanish. Mm -hmm. And so it sort of got very rusty, and probably I don't remember much about it. I remember individual words, I remember individual phrases. And I... I find that the evening courses, when I was doing my Spanish, which at the beginning was a proper FRS situation, mm -hmm. um, which sort of graduated over to, to private tuition, um, I think one of the dangers of FRS is, is the number in the courses. They need a certain amount to make the courses feasible. Minimum is five people, yeah. Yeah, so they need this minimum, but they're going to try and get more in. Mm -hmm. And obviously they can't, they're, they're, they're trying to get everybody in on this level that you belong to, but that's not always possible and I think sometimes that the courses can be too big um, and I've been lucky I, I know my Spanish course that we were five or six people mm -hmm. and so it was a nice little group um, Italian 2 was certainly that size I think Italian 1 was a bit bigger mm -hmm. um, so there's um, the chance that you're going to get a good course there's also the chance that you're going to get the, particularly with English or something you're going to get a massive course and not everybody's going to be able to move at the same speed and I, mm -hmm. I think FAWS is good to start off. I'm not quite sure that FAWS is going to be so good for, for advanced stages. No, that's not what I would usually recommend. I usually tell students start off with the FAWS, mm -hmm. reasonable rates, and uh, when you get a good vocabulary, good knowledge, then do something else. Take another course at the same school, but mm -hmm. take a flower arrangement in German. <laughs> okay. Or, but don't go with the, you know, rigorous grammar instruction anymore. No. And go somewhere else, or...? No, stay with the FAWAS, or just... You no, I mean, for the language. For the language. Well, <clears throat> for example, if you're studying German at the Volkshochschule, mm -hmm. then after two years you might get so bored with it, and then you just take another course out of the same catalogue. Okay. But cooking in German, where you can apply no. what you have learned. Okay. Now, I'm thinking if you're, if you're going there to learn English, mm -hmm. Spanish, Italian, um, and you've done this for a couple of years there, and you say, okay, it's nice, but... I want to carry on and it's not going quick enough for me or uh, it's not uh, intensive enough, mm -hmm. well, you're going to go for private tuition at that point. Yeah, private lessons or a language trip or, I mean, by then you'll be able to decide what, how you want to continue, mm -hmm. what your you know, priority is. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. good. That's all for this week. That's all, okay. We'll be back next week. Okay. okay, have a good one. One new bit of news. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the transcripts from the last three weeks are now available to download, and there's a little shop now on themondaypodcast.com, and so you can purchase the full versions of the transcripts. They're printable, unlike the demos that we put up. So if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast and you want to read the text as we speak, then go to themondaypodcast.com and download the transcripts from the shop. Okay? Okay. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. This was the Monday podcast from allthingsgerman.net and pensionssprachschule.de. For more information, visit www.themondaypodcast.com. Responsible for the content, Graham Tappenden and Maria Shipley, 61440 Oberursel, Germany.